1: Hello and welcome to The Nature Connection, science, wildlife, and environment radio, with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy. Hey everybody, this is Lisa and Nancy, and we are having a Nature Connection moment. Yes, we Today. are. Today, we are in Corvallis, Oregon, getting that part right. Right? Yes. <laughs> Got Kathleen Dodge <laughs> here. And Kathleen, you are a raptor specialist, right?
0: Yeah, I am the director of the raptor education program here at Shintimini. And we have 11 uh, non-releasable avian uh, raptor uh, species that live here permanently that uh, can't go back out to the wild. Mm. Thanks for saying the name. Of, of the wildlife center <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> so, so this is cool. Right now, um, we're part of the, where they are, right? So you've got a bald eagle here? Yes. Gonna, and all of a sudden, I thought, no, it's going to be a fishing eagle. And I'm like, uh-huh. what country am I in? <laughs> 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 but they are.
0: Aren't they the same? Would a fish eagle be So yeah, What's really neat is um, the a lot of f- fish eagles, they have that white head. And so, yes, mm. they are closely related to uh, fish eagles in other um, in other countries. Um, but yes, we have Diomi the bald eagle. He came to us um, 11 years ago. He was brought in by a, um, by a good Samaritan. He was found on the ground, not able to fly. Oh. And he was unfortunately shot in the wing. And oh. so it shattered the, wow. the bones in his wing. And bird bones are very hollow. They can be really hard to repair. We do have a veterinarian on staff who's very skilled, and she specializes in avian species. She's very good, but there's only really so much you can do if the bones are shattered. Mm -hmm. So he um, was deemed non-releasable pretty quickly after we um, saw the extent of his injuries, and so he's lived here. So now uh, with it's us. got us
1: forever home.
0: Yes. Well,
1: yes, it does. Now, is, if you find a bald eagle that's been shot, that could be difficult even to bring him into you, right? Right. So that's something I want to touch on because that's how we found you, was a baby blue jay. yeah was on the lawn after, you know, crows and blue jays had a big old fight. <laughs> and I think the crow dropped the blue jay yeah. and we're like, uh-oh, now what? There's cats. You know, we're pet-sitting. We can't, you know, so that's how we found you guys here and brought the blue jay in. But um, it was really cool because I know you guys were super busy. It was a super busy weekend. (laughs) And, of course, it's spring right now when we're talking to you. And so, you know, there's baby birds falling out of nests. And I'm like, okay, so what do we do? And on your website, you really do a lot of instructions. But I do want to touch on what do you do when you see a bird that's fallen or injured? What are the first things that we should not do?
0: yeah that's a great question and uh, there can be a few things you can do so uh, the first thing is is the bird actually injured so if you're not really sure if you find a bird on the ground it could be a fledgling that's learning how to fly pay attention to if the parents are around if the parents are around and um, if it's not bleeding if it doesn't appear to be injured then it's being taken care of by its parents and it doesn't need to be rescued but yes you do have those times where a nest will will fall so you're doing yard work and you're trimming and then oops you know like a branch falls and there's there's unfortunately a nest in there or you actually see a baby bird falling you definitely want to give us a call and check in um we've had people even send us videos and photos which is really nice so that we can give people advice without them having to bring in the animal mm. but of course we prefer the animal to come in um if it's been injured mm. would you go out like if
1: you know if it was a bald eagle because if you don't know what you're doing and especially if it's an adult they may try
0: to peck at you because they got a big that's <laughs> big beak. You, yeah that, that you could do some that's damage yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah their beaks are huge mm. and mm. what you really have to worry about is their feet grabbing you mm. So they have a force that's several hundred pounds per square inch. And so if a raptor, like like a bald eagle, wants to grab and hold on to you, they will. And it will be really hard for them, for you to get them off of you if they decide to grab with their feet. So their feet Ow. is always, oh yeah, yeah. is always Ow. something that you want to keep control of. And um, so, yeah, so we do have staff that are trained on how to handle those... Um, perhaps those larger more dangerous animals versus mm. like a jay which you can wrap in a towel they're yeah. you know they're mm. small but eagles pretty big and they can weigh up to 15 pounds so yeah we definitely we have staff that um can can go out and help with rescuing those potential and more dangerous species
1: one of the first instincts is to give the animal or a bird food and water that's our you know and you, it's, mm-hmm. it's the first caring instinct Um, but you're saying that you're seeing a lot of people, um, bringing in animals, all, all meaning well, uh, trying to give them water and it's going the wrong way. And then cat, what's this thing about cat food?
0: Yeah. So we have been receiving, we get about 20 to 30 patients every single day. 70% of the animals we get in are, are avian species or birds. And, um, yeah, we have a lot of really, you know, well-meaning, amazing people bringing in animals and, um, One thing that we do ask of people is to not feed them or give them water before they come in. And the reason why is because it can go down the wrong way. It could get inhaled if you're force feeding or, you know, dropper feeding an animal water liquid. Um, it can actually get, um, aspirated into the lungs. It can cause, um, it can cause death, it can cause pneumonia mm. and so then we have to put them on antibiotics and if you're giving antibiotics to a tiny little baby animal that can stunt their growth, that can really affect their growth mm. and so we ask for people to, um, to not feed them and yeah, there, there is some information going around um, people saying to feed baby birds uh, moist cat food, wet cat food we're not really sure where that originated from but we definitely want to ask people to not do that And to just uh, give us a call and let us know um, what's going on with the animal, not give it um, fruit or water, and keep it in a nice, warm, secure spot until they can bring it into us. Every bird has Mm -hmm. something different. Some are like, I want insects, and some Mm -hmm. like, I want seed, or I want both. Yeah. I want fruit. Yeah, you have your carnivores, (laughs) insectivores, herbivores, so, you know, just because... Something as a songbird doesn't mean, uh, you know, like a cedar waxwing, they eat fruit, they eat insects. But um, some don't, like uh, sw- uh, swallows, swifts, they eat, you know, a lot of insects. So really, it, you know, you want to make sure that the animal has has a whole diet. You want to make sure that they have their the actual diet and the nutrition that they need to grow strong. So that's another reason why you shouldn't feed animals mm. Um is because they they have such different diets. It's just yeah. Well, cat
1: food it somehow doesn't go along with birds. Yeah, but you know. It's like it, yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, mm, two different so kinds odd. of animals. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and um, we have to special order in a lot of insects. Um, this year has been really mm-hmm. wacky with COVID and with, um, the weather. And so there's been some insect shortages, but we get, we wow. get insects. Yeah. Not wow. really a problem oh. you think you'd have to encounter, but, um, yeah, really. so a lot of our budget goes to buying the proper kind of food to feed the animals. And that includes, um, a lot of insects, a lot of mice to feed the, uh, birds of prey and rats, things like that. So Nice, <laughs> I know, yeah.
1: She's ordering like, spiders and, and rats. And, and, uh, <laughs> it's like really, but this is um, so really That's funny. You've hmm. got your ambassador birds here, yes. right? Yeah. So people, your kids come here and get education. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um, so pre-COVID, we were doing 120 uh, programs a year, and so that included uh, having folks come out to visit the wildlife center. And then also going to schools, going to um, events and things with the birds and teaching about conservation, um, teaching conservation messages with the ambassadors. Um, But yeah, COVID definitely put a pause on all those things. However, we're just starting to now um, have people come back and visit. We had a Mother's Day event that was successful. We had Uh, people come in in tour groups that were staggered and we're having smaller groups we're definitely Mm -hmm. not having like 30 people come out at once but um we're start we're starting up our camps again and so yeah we're just gradually opening up to have more education. We've also been doing virtual talks this whole time, which has been really great because we can reach audiences that we normally wouldn't reach. We can reach out to students who might not be able to travel out here that live too far away. So it's, it's been really fun. Mm, This is,
1: it's neat for us to come, you know, we're Mm. new to Oregon. And so like the birds and it's like, okay, what's that? You know, where are we? (laughs) You know, yeah. so even understanding and you're in a very foresty area. I mean, it's kind of, you're kind of, but you're close to the ocean and you're also got suburbs and then you've got cities. So it's kind of a a blend. I said the word, (laughs) yes, (laughs) the word, Uh, a blend of, you know, where the birds and the wildlife could be. migration wise for birds do you see a lot of rescues for migratory birds?
0: Yeah, we get a few of, yeah, we definitely get a few migratory species and um, would say we get a lot of, uh, we get swallow swifts, that's a big one hmm. we get those in the summertime, those are the guys that will go inside your chimneys and um, so yeah, we get, oh my gosh it's even hard to list how many species we get in but um hmm. We, last year, we got over 2,700 animals. Wow. So, yeah, and with seventy uh, approximately 70% being birds. That's a lot of birds. Wow,
1: um, and when it's not birds, are we, we're looking at, what, skunks,
0: raccoons? Yes, so skunks, raccoons, chipmunks, foxes. Foxes? Um, mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Aww. Bobcat. Cool. But um, so, well, we don't want them to be hurt, <laughs> you know? No. Yeah, mm. absolutely not. Is that
1: mostly... At
0: people's homes or they're injured from the road mostly injuries so the vast the vast majority of animals that we see are hit by cars or hit windows that's mm. really and also mm. caught by cats too yeah. um, that's a big thing having um having birds getting caught by cats so it's really good if people can keep their cats inside especially around nesting season um just so that they can have a chance at survival Mm. um because every time a bird gets caught or maybe chipmunk some small mammal even gets caught by by a cat then we have to treat it with antibiotics and as i mentioned before that can really stunt their growth it can affect their their rate of uh, survival Mm. so wow mm. so how long is the wildlife center been here We've been here since 1989. Wow! so for cool. quite a long time and it's yeah, grown yeah. exponentially over the years. So mm. it started off in a house and now we're on ten acres. So wow, it's awesome. really really it's grown beautiful out quite here. a bit. Yes, mm. thank you. It's, it really it's is. not I... a very bad office to have. No,
1: no, I, I I'd like to have a picnic
0: here right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. And <laughs> sometimes we do. I, yeah, yeah, why it's, not? It's yeah. really great and we we have um, A lot of biodiversity out here so we have a pond which attracts herons and all kinds of really cool uh, birds and frogs we have tree frogs everywhere and um, Mm. yes you can hear them in a nice chorus at nighttime when they're when they're doing their thing Um, and then we also have grassland we have um, the woods So really, um, we're trying to attract a very broad uh, amount of wildlife out here, so that we can have people visit and show them actual animals that live in their backyard. Yeah, and 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 you know, the native habitat. Yeah, absolutely. Show mm-hmm. native habitat mm-hmm. and show um, examples of what you can do to attract wildlife to your to your area.
1: Now you were saying, I know we're out here. Um, and we're, you know, there's some. have got some hawks, we have got a Swainson hawk here, yeah. Um, but you're saying that you know, I know with while we're doing this, someone could drive up here, and you said mm-hmm, one of the mm-hmm. volunteers, so that's something really cool. Do you, you allow mm-hmm. volunteers, um, you know, from high school age on up, or is it do you have to
0: be over 18? Like? Um, 18 because there is mm-hmm. always a risk of zoonotic disease, so there's always a risk of, um, you know, things, It's it's not very often we take every precaution possible but we do we do um yeah definitely 18 to handle the animals you have to sign a waiver um you know you have to get your tetanus shot because of um you know things happen like you could you Mm -hmm. could hurt hurt yourself (laughs) but um we (laughs) do the vaccine is (laughs) far easier (laughs) yeah but we do we do take every precaution and Mm -hmm. we definitely don't have you know um nor volunteers handling any dangerous animals and we don't allow volunteers to handle like rabies vectors because you need a rabies shots for that obviously mm-hmm. that's very dangerous but um yeah so 18 and up and um really you don't need any experience with animals mm-hmm. to volunteer with us which is really amazing i started as a volunteer and now i work here so that's you know cool. i mm-hmm. i have a biology background but i did graduate with a business degree so She's going to put all the birds to work. (laughs) The
1: bird's the word. Well, well, no, you know, this is important, too, I think, you know, the volunteer side of it. But also um, the education part, you know, what you're doing with the rehabilitation is awesome. Um, But the education part, too, so that people know, like, these animals do belong out in the wild. You know, when we first came, you were talking about the Mm -hmm. animals that you have or the birds you have here that are ambassadors. This is their forever home. You have to have permits and mm-hmm. make sure so you're not like this is not a zoo um it's a it's a different and at the same time you've got um every animal's got paperwork like this is yeah this is <laughs> so you think oh it was cool i'm going to play with the birds and animals all day but there's paperwork for all of this
0: yeah and it's practically a full-time job to wade through all that paperwork so in order to run a rehab facility you have to have permits and you have to have permission from a uh, and wildlife to even have a facility at all you have to be open to being inspected anytime they can come by anytime and check us out and make sure we're doing the right stuff which you know make sure we're doing the right things which absolutely is good um and i'm very happy like i think that our state in oregon does a really good job of making sure that people are on the up and up when it comes to um rehabilitation and how we're treating the animals in our care mm. and for the um for the animals that are not released to the wild, they take different permits because we um, we will take them through different steps to make sure if they come in and they are injured, we want to make sure that they're not uh, releasable to the wild before we apply for a permit to keep them and we have a vet on staff who um will sign off and say yeah this this bird can't can't fly well enough to be released or you know it can't hunt its Mm -hmm. vision Mm -hmm. is not good enough in order to see a mouse or Mm -hmm. see anything we also test them which is really cool we have big flight cages where the animals can fly you can see how they're working you can see if their wing healed in the right place is it you know drooping um so you can really test their ability and so yeah we we go through a very rigorous process with each animal before deciding on whether to um, have them in captivity or not. Because we're making that choice for them. Mm. We need to be very, very careful about making that choice and be very ethical about it. Yeah, and that's the importance mm-hmm. about calling a center like yours. Because what if you, do you ever see people like, oh, well,
1: you know, this... Eagle, or this hawk, or this blue jay, oh, you know, it was here, it fell down, and I'm going to nurse it back to health, and and then it almost becomes like a pet syndrome, you know, like not a syndrome, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah,
0: um, yeah, so animals can be habituated or imprinted, um, pretty easily if they're babies and you don't really know how to not imprint them. Mm-hmm. Um, some species just kind of they might imprint more than others, but in general. You want to be as careful as possible with that. So we have our staff trained in order to properly care for the animal so that it can be released. The goal is always to release the animal to the wild. Mm. And so we don't, you know, cuddle them. We don't treat them like pets. We don't do any Mm. of that. Um, We try to be as hands-off as possible because we don't want them to like us. We want them to be Mm. ready to go when they're ready to go. And so, yeah, it's really, really important to, um, to get the animal to a facility that is properly licensed and has people trained in order to take care of that animal, to release it to the wild with the goal. And it is in, in the vast majority of cases illegal to do it yourself without a permit. So, yeah.
1: So there, so there, yeah, don't yes. do it. I know. <laughs> don't do it. I know. So uh, <laughs> what is the website for everyone? To yeah.
0: So our website is uh, dot org. I believe. Yes. And so uh, we have um, a lot of, you know, people that are so amazing that work here, that, that work with, um, the public on any kind of issues, anything from an injured animal to there's a skunk under my porch. What do I do? You know? Um, so we have staff who are, are, um, able to answer questions, um, that people have on how to live with wildlife and yeah. how to, to really kind of get along and Co-exist. Um, coexist, yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. So
1: on the website too, um, I can imagine. I mean, where does your funding come for all the insects? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, because actually those insects are really expensive. It's kind of shocking. Um, so yeah, we we are a nonprofit, and we are um, we don't get any funding from the government. Um, so really, it's just it's private donors, um, yeah. and we also uh write grants every year we um get some really amazing um people you know donating and giving us grants in order to keep doing what we're doing so yeah so help help. (laughs) yeah help yeah we can always use uh volunteers as well that's awesome cool
1: well thank you for showing us around i want to just hang out here all day (laughs) yeah yeah i do it's a lot of fun it's
0: beautiful 92%